0: Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. I'm so grateful to be part of a church that truly lives that out. We take that scripture and that prayer of our Lord very, very seriously, don't we? I mean, aren't you a little bit, I'm almost a bit overwhelmed. That's too much to take in. How much we're, and that's not even including the two projects that our church exclusively takes care of in, in Uganda. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's incredible. So we are a church that makes Jesus' last command our first priority. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I didn't actually give a title to this Uh, sermon today but I thought of one (laughs) right before and I would say I would I would call this in case you are taking notes being close to the heart of God being close to the heart of God we are told we're commanded by our Lord to go and make disciples of all the nations of course we include this nation in that list Australia I think we're pretty much close as ends of the earth as you can get, (laughs) we are definitely included in that list. And we believe that God is going to give this church and is giving this church a special place right here in this city, that we are going to see missions, the gospel. Missions is just another name for the gospel, yeah? The gospel in word and in deed, missions happening right here in our own backyard. We truly believe that God has called In Church Canberra to be a city on the hill and to be a light in the darkness and to let God's light shine through us. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says, You, Jesus is talking about us, his people, that's us. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We need to be careful as the church, not just this church, the church. We need to be careful as the church that we don't shy away from shining that light. And let me explain what I mean. I know that we've been taught, and this is true, that we're not to boast and show off in our good deeds, and that is so true on an individual basis. Let's read where it says this in the Scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Again, Jesus talking, "...take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward." But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. So, on that individual basis, we definitely don't go boasting about all. Oh, I gave this much, how much did you give? Or, uh, you know, it, it, that's totally not the heart of it, right? We, like we said before, we're not telling you what to fast or how to fast. That's completely between you and God. That is a, a heart thing between you and the Lord. It's individual. But as the church, we are commanded in a different way. There's a different command there. As the church, we are to shine our light before men. Where's my scripture gone for that one? (laughs) Okay. We are told to shine our light before men, that they may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. We're the city on the hill, yeah? We're the light on a light stand. we're to shine that the unsaved may see our good deeds and praise who? Us. No, we don't get any of the glory. Praise Him. Our good deeds give glory to Him. Everything is all about Him. Everything we do is always to give glory to God. Amen? So we should not be afraid as the church to be like, hey, Look what we are doing as a church. We are the people of God and we take his commands seriously and we care for the poor and we care for the sick. And it's not to make us look good, it's to make him look good. So don't shy away from being the light. Sorry, church, I'm just going to find where I'm up to. You know, there's been a number of occasions where I have been able to bring up in conversation God or the church, you know, something related to the gospel, with people who would never want to talk about that usually, yeah? But there's been this open door through the subject of missions, through the subject of what our church does. It's not always easy to cold turkey, just bring up the gospel. It's not. I'll be honest, my heart races when, when that happens, but that's why we're led by the Holy Spirit. He tells us what to say and when to say it and the Holy Spirit has led me on a few occasions to bring up our church and to bring up what our church does and you don't know how that opens a door into conversation about God and about Christians and you know, totally changing the mindset of somebody of what they thought we are like. One time I was doing a night shift and if there's any night shifters here, is there any night shifters here? There's one at least, there's two, I know there's at least two. They're too tired to put their hand up. (laughs) Uh, You know, you get some really interesting conversations on the night shift. Some of the weirdest, wackiest conversations I have ever had is about three in the morning, sitting at a nurse's station and... Boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's interesting. But I was talking to this one lady and, you know, usually, for me anyway, I'm only usually working with one other person. So you really want to get along with that person in the night because if you don't, it makes for a very long, awkward eight hours. But we're sitting there and we're chatting and this lady definitely did not, she was not the type that would want to come to church, you know? and She was not the type that would want to just, oh, let's just start talking about God. (laughs) She definitely did not want to do that. And somewhere along our weird and wacky conversation that we were having, the Holy Spirit just opened a little door and I just mentioned uh, one of the projects that our church did. I mentioned our rescue homes that we support, how we rescue, we, we support people who literally go into Thailand and go into places on the border who will rescue women and young children who have been trafficked. And they don't just rescue them but we then support the homes that are built to care for them and we support the rehabilitation process and the restoration process of these girls and of these children so and that can take a long time sometimes so that they're not sent back out and just end up where they were but they're sent back out and they've got a skill they've learned to trade or or something like anyway I just mentioned this to this lady and suddenly I was able to talk about church. Suddenly the conversation was not so this because it was a, it was a way in. It's pretty hard for somebody to be offended <laughs> when you share something like that. Now, I will say the gospel will offend people and we're not afraid of that. But that's why we rely on the Holy Spirit because we let the Holy Spirit guide us in that we're not purposely going around offending people, but we speak God's truth in love. But this is a really gentle way of opening that door and talking to somebody. Proverbs chapter uh, 18, verse 6 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Gifts make a way. They make a way to the person. And I have found that the gift of giving in this church has made a way in conversation for the gospel And to plant seeds with people. Let your light shine before men. This is to us, church. That they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Praise God that we are a church that does good deeds out of our obedience to him and for his glory. Amen? But sometimes, if you're like me, and I'm going to be very, very honest, sometimes missions, the topic of missions can feel so far removed. It can just feel a little bit too far away, a little bit irrelevant to my life. I know it's something, oh yeah, we do, a bit of a tick in the box and, but it can just, sometimes my heart is just not there. That has been the case for me many times. Missions trips are a great remedy <laughs> for, that, for that problem. And actually, we do have a few coming up this year, which Dave will be talking about soon, that are available to you as a church if you're interested in going and seeing firsthand some of these projects that we're a part of. But not all of us, I would say most of us, are not able to get out there and see firsthand. Most of us won't have the opportunity to, to be on the actual ground, on the field, and see what's before our eyes. So... Can I tell you what has helped me personally to have a heart for missions? And what I, what I said, having a heart close to God's heart, is this is what I want. I want a heart that is like God's heart because God's heart is for the lost and his heart is for everyone everywhere. And he commanded us to go into all the nations. And so I want an obedient heart. I want to have a heart that reflects my father's heart for people. And if you're feeling a little bit detached and a little bit removed, that's okay. We're human. You know, that happens. It certainly happened to me. But what can we do to, to fix that? Well, obviously, we are told that where your treasure is, that your heart will be also. And so when we give to missions, that certainly opens up a, a path for our heart to be connected to what we're doing. But even then, sometimes that can become a repetitive action I know for me I my husband I will very gratefully say is the expert budgeter in our family and he takes care of all the budgeting and pays different things and bills and so we went for many many months where we were giving to missions but I didn't I just didn't even feel like I was a part of it even though it was our finance together I just never even saw it and so I I just sort of got a little bit dry with that and so I have found and the Lord's been challenging me and helping me that one of the best ways we can soften our hearts to what is so close to the heart of God is to pray, is to pray, is to pray for the nations. It's to pray for our partners. We need to pray for God's will to be done in the situations that seem so far out of our control. Sometimes we feel distant from missions because it almost feels impossible. project that's ahead of us. God, there's so much. How on earth? How You know what? Can I encourage you? We may not see the fruit of everything that we are contributing to in our lifetime. We might not see it in our children's lifetime. We might not see it in our grandchildren's lifetime, but the kingdom of Heaven, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed and it starts out small and it grows into the biggest tree in the garden. That is what we are supporting and we're not in it for a quick fix. We would love to see and we do see the hand of God. We do see him do miraculous works and bring things about quickly but we also need to be patient, patient in his timing but obedient in the waiting and we are called to have a heart for the lost. And so we need to pray. So pray for those situations that seem impossible. Pray, Lord, have your will. Take control of these situations that seem so out of control. If you haven't already accessed the 21-day devotional that is available, if you go on the Church Centre app or on our website, you will see 21 days full of prayer points that you can be praying for. And can I encourage you? It's it's so easy to do. And once you're doing it, you might at first feel like, I don't even know who I'm praying for, who is this? But when you really focus in and you are, you are praying for somebody who is precious to our Father, your heart will be softened towards that person. Another great resource for prayer points is the 1040 window, the website there. That will give you prayer points for some of the most unreached nations on this earth. Another one is Open Doors and the Persecuted Christians. If you go on their website, they will give you prayer points. We are not short on prayer requests, can I just say. If you're wanting specific prayers, you can go on any of those websites and you can be praying constantly if you want to be. Let me be a little bit more specific. So sometimes I will pray broadly for the nations. Sometimes I'm so overwhelmed with all the individual things, I just have to pray broadly. But I, I still, God, I still want to be part of your heart. I still want to care about what you care for, Lord. So help me to pray. So I try to pray scripture. That is, that is what really helps me. And I always want to be led by the Spirit in prayer. You, you should always, when you come to these topics that are big and you don't quite know what to pray for, ask the Holy Spirit to, to deposit something into your heart or into your mind and let him lead you. And I try to pray scripture and I pray. I say it all the time. You're going to find out this is our favourite memory verse. Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven, in this nation and in that nation and in that nation. And we start quoting the scripture. Lord, you say that all the enemies will be put under your feet. Lord, all authority, you know, you are the king of all kings. You are ruling and reigning. We are not discouraged by what we see. And we just start claiming scripture over the nations. Sometimes when we're seeing these horrific situations of war and it's it's so many innocent lives who are being affected, Lord, bring mercy. Lord, bring justice. Lord, come and intervene because you are not praying to an empty echo chamber. You are praying to a God who hears you. He hears your prayers and your prayers are valuable. And you may not know this side of heaven, just how valuable your prayers are, but they are valuable. We know, I didn't put this in the scripture, but we know the story of Daniel and how he was praying and that angel was trying to get to him. And he said, I've been trying, I've been trying, but I've been held up. And sometimes we need to pray. We need to pray in the supernatural that God will break principalities and He will break darkness. Our prayers are not powerless. Our prayers are powerful because we pray in the mighty name of Jesus and He is the most powerful. No one one next to Him, no one above Him. He is the greatest of all. And then on a more individual basis, again, I love to pray God's promises. I love to pray for protection, for peace, for peace for grace over situations that Christians are uh, facing. I pray for provision. I pray for God's power. I pray for the enemies that are persecuting the people of God to be turned back in the name of Jesus and for the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the fear of God to come upon them, that they would repent And join in the saints rather than being the persecutors. We can pray. It's not powerless. We can pray. And especially when we pray together. And this is what these 21 days are for. A time of prayer and fasting together. Because where there is unity, God commands a blessing. And where there are two or three gathered, God is there in the midst. And he also hears your individual prayers. So be encouraged with that. And when you pray you will realise that suddenly we are more connected to these overseas projects. We're more connected to the people of Gangaland that we've never met before than we even realise because we're praying. We're praying. We're praying for the lost and we're also praying for the workers. We're praying for the Christians in this nation and we are connected to them through the body of Christ. A quick thought to add to this, and I'm not going to talk too long because I know we've had a few extra things on today, is actually from the very first day of the 21-day devotional. So you can look this up for yourself if you like. But let's read Romans chapter 1, verse 8. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. This is Paul, by the way. Because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. So this is a a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the original Roman church. And at that time, at the time of his writing this letter, he had never been there. He had never met this church in person. He had never seen these people face to face. And yet let's listen to what he says. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night, I bring you and your needs in prayer to God. He had such a connection and such a love and such a burden for these people. He had never, ever met. And these people went on to be very key in building the church in Rome. I, I don't know, but for me, I'm a bit convicted by that. And I'm not here to bring condemnation, not on myself and not on anybody else. And yet I am convicted because 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And so I'm really focusing in right now on praying for the believers, praying for the believers all over the world. Of course, we pray for the nations and the lost, but we pray for the believers in the nations who are on the front line because they are our family and we are part of this family with them. And if I'm honest, I can get so distracted in my own busy life, in my individual life, that I can forget that I am just one part of many parts of the body of Christ. And when one member is suffering... I should suffer. And now that's not saying that we should just all walk around in a state of suffering 24-7. That's not what this is meaning at all. But it is God waking us up and reminding us to care, to pray, to recognise, hey, our family is in need. What can we be doing? Can we support them financially? If I can't support them financially, I'm definitely going to pray for them because our prayers are powerful. What can we be doing to help our brothers and sisters? sometimes missions, and I'm not talking about this church and I'm not trying to put, I am never trying to put any church down, but I do know that sometimes missions in the church setting, in our Western church, can sort of be like what I was saying before, that tick in a box, okay, we've done it, we've done our part move on, you know. And and I'm not downplaying the importance of all the other roles of church. We want to be a church here in Canberra that loves each and every member. We want to be a church that cares for each other, that builds each, other's up, each other up, that builds our faith in the Lord, that worships the Lord. Dave's going to be introducing the theme next week. You're going to love it. It's going to be so edifying. We want to feed and take care of the flock right here. And yet we don't want to be so out of balance that we don't also remember the rest of the flock around the world, the rest of the family of God. So just like I said, on an individual level, I don't want to forget that I'm just one part of a a big body of of Christ. And on a church level, let's not forget that we are one church that's part of the church, yeah, the bride of Christ. May we never get too used to or too comfortable or too bored with a missions presentation. You know, our church, we do missions once a month and in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be focusing on it a little bit more because of this fast that we're a part of and also because of a missions conference that's coming up, which I'll talk about in a second. But may, may we never brush it off or, or be annoyed by it because this is the very heart of God, the lost And his people, they're on the front line. This is so close to the heart of God. We want to be close to the heart of God. So you will see missions as part of this church because it's one of the main arteries. (laughs) I would say it's one of the main arteries of this church because we want to honour you, God. We want to love what you love. We want to find... What you find important is important to us. That is our heart's desire. And I hope you can catch this this morning, Church, that we just simply want to honour God. We want to be his children who love his heart and we want to in, uh, mimic his heart. That's what we want to do. You know, as a parent, uh, I am so moved when I see one of our children, ever a few, when I see one of our children see a need of one of our other children and go and tend to them and help them, and I didn't even ask them to, and I'm just, I, first of all, I'm like, oh, I think it's really sweet, but then I'm like, oh, yes, like, that's so good, because you've caught it, you've caught the heart, you've caught the heart of what we want to do, we're we a family, we take care of each other, we look out for each other, and I'm so moved by that. On the other hand, <laughs> I'm also a little frustrated when, I'll give you a true story, this happened uh, last year, It was me. I was the one that needed help. I was in the kitchen and I dropped a a chopping board on my toe. Ended up breaking it. It was broken. And I was in excruciating pain. And Dave was not yet home. He was about to be. You walked in with me on the floor sobbing, I think. It was all happening. But dropped the chopping board on my toe. I'm a grown woman sobbing in pain on the floor in the kitchen because it's hurt so much. And not one, but two of my children Walk up to me, mummy. Like, can I have some milk? <laughs> mummy, can can you? The TV's not working. Can you? And I'm like, I'm looking up. My, I'm like, ugly crying. I'm in pain. I'm looking. Don't you care about me? What's wrong with you? I was so upset. And I shouldn't dog them too much. They're not here this morning. But, you know, I was just so perplexed. How can you not see the need? You know, come and help me up. Get me to a chair. Get me an ice pack. Deuce, call your father. Tell him there's an emergency. Your mother's here. Anyway, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But I was in so much pain. And my children at that time really didn't care. They were just very consumed with their hunger and with their entertainment and whatever else they needed. And that's fine. They're kids. It's our job as parents to teach them the ways of the Lord. And that was a real learning curve because let me tell you, I let them know about it later on. When I was recovered, oh, boy, did I let them know. That was not the right response. And so they're a little better now. But we want to be the children of God who see our siblings in the Lord, who see the other children of God, working, working on the front line, working for that harvest. And we want to pray for the workers. We want to send more workers. Some of us will be workers. Some of us, we can all be workers here. Some of us, I know we have, missionaries right here on the front row, there's three of them I can see, who are frequently going out to the nations and being the workers. Let's not be a church that doesn't see the need. And I'm so glad that we are not that way because you just saw what we're a part of. So I hope that you can be encouraged by that. And in a few weeks from now, we will have our missions conference on the 3rd of March. And what that simply is, is another day where we come and we worship God and we present a lot of the same projects and a few new ones. And we're going to bring a word again that's going to encourage us. And we're going to ask you as a church, we'll never tell you, we'll never ask, for. this is totally between God, you and God, but you will have an opportunity if you would like to, just like you have this previous year and you've supported this. If you want to put in a commitment, a faith, we call it a faith commitment card, and we, we don't look at it. It goes to a finance team who's highly confidential. They're never going to look you up. They're never going to call you up. But you can sort of put a pledge in there if it's one time or monthly or whatever. It's completely up to you. But if you would like to help support the projects that we do, you will have an opportunity on the 3rd of March to do that again. But we don't do this church to make ourselves look good. We do this to glorify our God, to obey our God, And to please our Heavenly Father, because we're all part of his family. I hope you can hear my heart today. God bless you.